Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and review other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is Me Too. And my name is BJ. And this week we watched the USA action drama, Treadstone. So find out if Me Too is a sleeper agent. No, I just really like to sleep. Plus you wouldn't know. That's true. When they're woken up, they're not awake, they're awoke <laughs> to their new realities. Anyway, so Treadstone is actually based on the Bourne series. So you might be familiar with Matt Damon and Jeremy Renner, or you might be familiar with the novels by Robert Ludlum. And they are taking this organization and plotline from the series and making a whole TV show about it. And so with this new addition to the Bourne franchise, we're looking at this secret black ops program called Treadstone, where government agency was actually training different individuals to be soldiers. And now, fast forward after this program has supposedly been shut down, we're looking at all of the people who were in the program being woken up. They're now being activated, and this is leading to them to have new abilities they never knew they had, such as combat skills, foreign language skills, and all around being well-trained for covert operations. So the three main Treadstone assets that we are following along in this story, first we have John Randolph Bentley, played by Jeremy Irvine. So we actually see him in the past in 1973 in Berlin, and he's activated and then goes on the run. And now the Russians are trying to recapture him or take him out. We also go to North Korea, where we meet Soyeon Pak, played by Hyojun Han. And she is just a normal piano teacher until she gets activated. And then she ends up going on this mission while teaching her student how to play piano. And there's a Game Boy and a syringe. She has a lot going on. A Game Boy and a syringe. A memoir. <laughs> I immediately was going through the backstory. Like, is this like a drug addicted nerd? And they're writing about their life. Anyway. And our third asset is Doug McKenna, played by Brian J. Smith, and he is in Alaska as an oil rigger, and he gets activated at a bar thinking he was talking to just a random woman, but it turns out this was kind of a setup with some other Russians to get him started, and he learns that he can fight. And then on the flip side, we have Tara Coleman, played by Tracy Ifechor. And she is a journalist, and she's trying to look into this whole Treadstone mystery and wants to get some more answers that people are refusing to give her. And then there's also the CIA, you know, the people who originally set up this Treadstone program. And there are two agents that we follow, Dan Levine, played by Michael Gaston, and Ellen Becker, played by Michelle Forbes. And they are actually trying to figure out who are the people behind this whole situation and why are the assets waking up? What is the purpose behind this? And what are their missions? And that's kind of the world of Treadstone. what do you think of this pilot episode? So as you know, I'm not really an action movie person, nor did I know anything about Jason Bourne. And I was a little confused in the outset of the show. So for my fellow listeners who are also taking up space under rocks across the world, like I did, I just knew nothing about Jason Bourne. So if you know nothing about Jason Bourne, it would benefit you to 
do your Googles. I had to joodle it, as they say on Big Mouth, what the sleeper agents are, what waking them up means, and just basic information, which feels silly to do for an otherwise fairly simple to follow action show. What I did really like about Treadstone were the action scenes. I don't think we got enough of them. I wanted more explosions, car chases, the things that you'll find in an action movie condensed for a show. But the fight scenes were really good. And that's something I rarely pay attention to. There's a fight scene between Yun and her target when she is woken up to kill him. And their fight scene was so beautifully choreographed. And it felt like they were really getting each other, really beating each other up. Yeah, it was really good back and forth between them. You really didn't know who was going to get the upper hand and it was just a well choreographed fight. Or the upper leg, as we notice in this show. Ha ha! I guess this is also a good time to tell our listeners, while the fight scenes are really good and there's a lot of cool action, this is a cable TV show, so they take advantage of that with upping the blood and gore factor. Yes, it's gross. So there are a lot of fights that do involve stabbing, cutting people, forcing them to bleed, squirting blood. So just be aware, (laughs) you will see some of that. But it's well done. It's very well done. How did you feel about it? Because you are an action movie person. Did you watch the Jason Bourne movies? I think there is 75 of them. I have not seen any of them. Really? Yeah, I've heard really good things about them, but I have never seen them. I am a fan of action movies. I guess since I have not seen the Jason Bourne movies, this immediately makes me think of like Die Hard, more over the top action. But then you throw in some Mission Impossible with the covert thriller aspect as well. So I thought it was a really fun take on it and well done for condensing that sense of action and scale and world building into a TV series, especially since we just watched the first one hour episode. I think you brought up a good point in that the plot was pretty easy to understand because just like you, my understanding of the Bourne series is just that Matt Damon is in some movies and it's based on novels. So I didn't have I didn't have the historical context of this whole world. And maybe that did slow down my comprehension of some of the finer details. But I feel like I was able to follow the storyline for all three of the assets fairly easily. I think they were introduced really well. I agree, though, because there are so many assets and this journalist And the agents trying to look into Treadstone and why these people are being woken up and some other stuff happening in Russia that we see in this episode, but we can't get into because that's inherently a spoiler. It felt like they could give maybe four minutes at a time to each storyline. So while it was easy to understand, I was like, oh, we're in Korea. Oh, uh, okay. I think this is America. All right. We are back to Russia. When they were in Russia, it took me a long time to realize it was no longer North Korea. I think that is valid. They do a poor job of transitions. I think in the very beginning, I even told you, what year is this? Because there is a time (laughs) jump. (laughs) Yes. So everything involving John Randolph Bentley so far is set in 1973, and everything else is in the present. And I understood John was in the past, and I understood the other assets were in the present. But when we made that transition, was not always clear. 
Yes. So they literally have a title card that says present day between that 1973 scene and the present tense scene. And usually context clues should tell you, all right, we're in modern times. I see an iPhone. I'm grounded in this world and I understand. But they really did need maybe more cards like in those uh, like in those SpongeBob SquarePants vignettes where they're like five hours later. I needed that for this whole show, like now in North Korea. Yeah, that would have helped with the viewing. Did any performances stand out to you? I would say two performances stood out. I think Hyojun Han as Soyeon Pak did a really good job. Really good job. There was a huge contrast between her piano teacher side and her activated asset side. And I think she played both parts really well. And you even really bought her kind of in-between state where she, as an asset, isn't fully aware of what she's doing. So props to her for her performance. And I would also say our main character, John Randolph Bentley, played by Jeremy Irvine, I think he did a really good job. He had more confusion than some of the other assets. And I think that read well, especially with kind of being surprised by your own abilities, because the whole idea in this world is that these assets are trained to be like superhuman assassins. And so now that they're being woken up without the situation being fully explained, Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool seeing characters like John have these abilities, know how to use them, but then still be kind of surprised within that whole emotional state. That's one thing I'm actually curious about, because when Soyeon goes to take out her target, she starts to speak to him, and he speaks to her in English, and she responds in English, and she has a moment when she goes, whoa, I speak English? And so there is that cognizance of, I get that this is abnormal behavior for me. But then she slips right back into, it certainly doesn't stop her from, you know, whooping him. So... How aware are they of what they're doing? Do you know? I don't, but that's a really good question that I also had because they don't have the full details of their whole activated or woken asset side, but they also don't seem to be questioning it either, which seems odd. You think even before you find out you can speak a foreign language, you'd maybe question, why do you have these fighting skills? Or as you said, why am I going to shimmy across this rope between two buildings? Mm -hmm. It seems odd that nothing else is triggering these questions yet. And I'm not sure if that is part of the born mythos or not. Did that bother you? Do you think that takes away from any elements of the show? So I don't think it takes away from anything. I would just love to understand how in on it they are. With John's character, he's an agent, so maybe he's aware of what's happening to him. But the other folks, they seem like innocent bystanders. So maybe as we learn the answer to that question, that will have to be tied into why they were chosen in the first place, which isn't clear right now. Would you say the setup presents that as an interesting enough question that makes you want to keep watching? I think so, because they were smart in scattering everyone. So you're automatically curious about why this random person in North Korea, this random oil rigger in Alaska, and this agent were all three chosen for this program. And although the show 
gives you a little bit of whiplash as you jump between their stories. They're varied enough that you're curious about what all three of them could possibly have in common, aside from a fear of that song that triggers them. So now I have a question for you that's more about predictions, but also your expectations for the show. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Do you want to learn more about this mystery of the Treadstone program through the assets storyline? Or do you want some of those answers to come from Tara Coleman, the journalist, and the two CIA agents? Like, how do you want to discover the answers? If the show does it well, hopefully we get it on two levels. I, of course, am biased toward the journalist because I love the idea of transparency. I am a sucker for political shows where some journalist uncovers this big thing and exposes the world to this terrible cover up and her storyline could be cool in doing something like that versus the agents would certainly be tasked with covering it up or trying to quietly resolve it. We have enough whistleblowing happening in the news right now. I don't think USA Network is trying to bring whistleblowing to Treadstone. And I'm also biased toward Tara discovering what's going on because I just want to see more of her. She gave a really stunning performance in this show. And I'm hopeful about her character growing further so we can see even more depth and range to her performance. Definitely. And I think her character has a lot of potential and could also be important for tying together all these very separate storylines. So maybe she won't give us all of the answers, but she can at least explain why we care about these three different assets. She's definitely going to be that final puzzle piece. Though, I don't know how you feel, but whether or not this show gets a second season we're not going to find out all the secrets in this first season. But I do hope we find out enough to learn the purpose of these Treadstone agents being activated. Because right now, I'm a little confused about where the show is going. It's really cool to meet these characters. But even now, it doesn't seem like they know what their purpose is. That's true. Versus what I learned from wikipedia the Jason Bourne movies, he's not happy that he's this person. And so it's kind of like him versus the government. And these folks right now don't have a point of view beyond confusion. And because their point of view is our point of view, all we are is stumped. Yeah, that's an interesting way to start things off, keeping the mystery alive very strongly. Very strongly. Do you have any sort of predictions for what the overall mission might be for these Treadstone assets? I think it's the show taking advantage of cultural fears of places like North Korea and Russia, like a Cold War never ended thing. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good theory. Thank you, BJ. You know your girl be watching the news. Gotta stay informed. Well, I more read the news. Do whatever works best for you. Listen, watch, read. Just don't get your news from Facebook. So Me Too, are you ready to give our ratings for Treadstone on USA? Yes. BJ, what would you give it? So I would rate Treadstone would watch again casually. I really liked the action in this first episode, and it's very promising for where they can go. We even saw the preview for the next episode where we see some really cool action scenes involving cars. I think this really fills in for what I'm lacking in terms of action movies right now. We're kind of at a lull since the summer blockbusters have stopped. 
I will say I'm not seriously interested because I'm not familiar enough with the Bourne franchise. So I can tell there's a lot more to this world that I don't even understand yet. But I'm willing to give the story a chance because I really did like meeting these three Treadstone assets in the first episode. How do you feel? For my fellow non-action movie people, I think this is a would not watch again for me. And I don't like to give that rating, but... I'm just not interested enough to watch more episodes. The story is interesting, and I'm excited to learn what Tara Coleman does in her journalism to uncover what these folks are doing. But I think at most, I'll probably read recaps of it just to have the secrets uncovered for me. But as far as sitting down every week to tune into this show, I don't think that's for me. If the action isn't going to suck you in, I don't know what else will. So if you want to find more of our reviews, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps others discover us. You can also support us at patreon.com slash thepilotpod where you'll get access to exclusive never-before-heard episodes, AMAs featuring BJ, and merch. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, show suggestions, treadstone theories. Suck me back into the show, please, to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.